Hello, everyone, and welcome to Artifacts. I'm your host, Marissa Dickens, and today's guest is emerging solo music artist, Eric Lewandowski, also known as Coffee. Yay! Hello, thank you. Yeah. So you have an EP out right now. You write and produce your own music, and you're in California, right? Just trying to start this music dream. Yeah, it's definitely a, it was definitely a fun, interesting, challenging, and everything in between type of journey to make. And, you know, everybody, I like I said, like everybody's kind of done this already. I'm not the first, and I won't be the last, but nonetheless, like the experience for me has just been very eye-opening and I've learned a lot. So uh, yeah, happy I did it and still, you know, haven't even been here an entire year. So I'm just still kind of figuring it out and keeping my fingers crossed, hoping for the best. But I wanted to have you on to talk about your music and because a mutual friend, I heard about your music and I was like, oh my God, let me check this out. And I'm really into it. It's like a bop, especially the single time. So I want to start from the beginning, beginning, and then we'll get to, you know, yeah. the process and things. But what is like your first or earliest memory with music, whether it's playing an instrument, hearing a song or whatnot, or going to a concert? Yeah, well, I guess with the... <laughs> I always love telling people this. My first ever concert, most people are like, oh, yeah, like I went to this big show. Or I saw them and everybody's like, oh, my God, no way. You're like you saw them early on. Yeah, my first concert was Weird Al Yankovic at the Toledo <laughs> Zoo. Um, zoo? He came to the zoo? <laughs> yeah, he was at the zoo and it was, it was Weird Al Yankovic. And I remember him coming out singing I'm Fat with the whole fat suit on and everything. It was, yeah, that, so that was, I guess, the earliest introduction to music in general that I've had, which is always a interesting thing. Now that they're making a biopic of him with Daniel Radcliffe as, uh, as Weird Al, so. That's an interesting choice. Very, but yeah, so anyway, other than that, honestly, the way I got into music, so I, grew up I have two older brothers and they were both always super into video games always got the newest console and all that they would just get like the newest games and blah 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 and the updates everything and so when Guitar Hero came out I remember that was one of the first times where I started playing that and I was like oh no way like this is crazy and like and then I was like well everybody wants to be a guitarist I want to be a bassist and so I got a bit like a hundred dollar bass guitar when I was I don't even know how old never touched it just collected dust and I tried and my fingers were too small and it was just I didn't really feel like it wasn't it wasn't really in the cards for me at that point in time and so but I just obviously kept playing guitar hero I used to skateboard as a kid a bunch so I was just basically doing that but then rock band came out and that was when things started kind of changing because they had every instrument and drums was one of those and so I started playing drums on there and just getting better and eventually playing on expert mode, which if I've told everybody this, if you can play any song on rock band drums on expert mode, you can play that song on actual drums. It's the exact crazy hand eye coordination. It's literally the exact same concept. And so when I realized I was like, Oh crap, like I can play drums. I asked it for a drum set for that Christmas and got it. And then basically from then on out, it was kind of a transition from like, okay, I really love skateboarding, but 
this is like really cool. Like I could just put my headphones on and sit in one place for hours and just kind of close the world out. So like there were no formal lessons. You just kind mm. of self-taught from rock band and then you. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Video games taught me how to play music. Surprisingly. Yeah, no, I've never taken drum lessons. I took singing classes in college just because I could as a credit. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool to say like, oh, I took singing lessons as a college credit. Other than that, no, I've never taken any lessons. I would listen to music and just like almost tune out everything other than the drums. And I would focus on the rhythm and find out, okay, where are the snares? Oh, they're doing a roll here. There's a drum roll. Or how's he doing that with the kick? And just kind of just figuring like listening to music and really analyzing the drums in it and then just basically going home and and honestly yeah just sitting there listening to one song like a million times I mean I remember days I would play drums from like 10 in the morning till like probably 10 at night and just like only go to the bathroom and when my mom was like yeah I got food I was like cool there were times I've had like my water bottle in between my legs while I'm playing drums (laughs) Like it I feel just like you get super sweaty too. Like I've seen, I mean, movies probably glorify it, but like it's like a hard. Oh like, no, it's, it's a lot of energy. Yeah, especially if you're like playing a pretty up tempo song, and especially live, the adrenaline kicks in, and it's just it's bucket, just like raindrops, just all over of just saltiness, and it's pretty disgusting, but it also makes for a pretty good photo. Any bands or singer songwriters that really influence either how you play or what you're creating now I think early on I grew up listening to a lot of metal which might surprise some people uh that was definitely an influence from my brothers so early on it was like very heavy music like just very just like whacking the drums and like trying my best to just like be very loud but then once you know my brothers grew up and moved out of the house and I kind of had time to myself I got really into I remember one of the first bands Well, even before that, I remember Travis Barker, Blink-182. He's the drummer for them. He was my biggest drumming inspiration. I was just all over it, like how complex yet rhythmic he was. It was just, that was what I wanted to be. I wanted to, you know, keep the rhythm going, but just do the craziest stuff that sometimes just kind of went and flew over people's heads. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to have fun with it. But then, like I said, once I my brothers moved out, I kind of had my own way of thinking at that point. I got super into Vampire Weekend. And that was one of those first bands where I was like, oh, this is like you can still be because their drummers insanely talented. And I was like, OK, you can like have these really complex and intricate rhythms and still like dance and still kind of have this flow to it. And so I got super into them. Contra by them was the first CD I ever bought myself. Like that was like, oh my God, like my first tangible piece of music. And I was super pumped on that. With them kind of came, I know like Two Door Cinema Club, I got just obsessed with. And then, you know, just like Modest Mouse and all those kinds of like indie pop bands that every teenage boy going through junior high and, you know, it just heartbreaks songs and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was like my big, like, Oh my God, like this is me. And I have to ask. So like if, if drumming, you're like all about the rhythms, you must be a good dancer. Cause you know, your rhythm. 
damn you yeah that was something that i didn't know would come into my life yeah i love dancing oh yes. um, <laughs> there would be plenty of times where i would sit in my basement and watch youtube videos and watch music videos and like learn like teach myself choreography dance some of the best choreographers um, learned from music videos michael jackson music videos there are plenty of choreographers i've been taught by who are famous because they just watch music videos and they learn from yeah it's yeah crazy. you just like watch and you just mirror it and then you're good to go like yeah it's oh my god yeah I hope <laughs> I hope people listen to this but I hope that for some odd reason they skip through this part because <laughs> I remember so vividly there's two dances that I know how to do till this day wholeheartedly one of them is pretty obvious. It's the Napoleon Dynamite dance. That one's just like, you gotta. Like, anytime canned heat comes on, I'm dancing. Like, I don't care if I'm at, like, a dive bar or at a nursing home. Like, I'm gonna just get up and just, like, just Hit fucking some groove. <laughs> it's such a good song, and that dance is so iconic. But then there is, there's Party Rock Anthem by LMFAO. Uh the dance the choreography dance and the extended music video <laughs> i was so intent on learning that it, wholeheartedly like i would just sit there for hours like nailing all the moves and now like those some of the moves well, in that your music back video, pocket. you're just like no literally every time i'm like at a bar dancing it's those moves anytime i'm like doing some like crazy footwork and people are like oh like that's so sick i'm like like in the back of my head that song is like playing i'm like thanks lmfao <laughs> well you're in california so now you gotta go take some dance classes because they have some awesome especially hip-hop down there you should yeah well also you have the patience to watch from a video so i don't have to yeah do i like to dance and i like to have fun with it and i think when other people see that, whether it's at like a wedding or just like a bar or something like people are like, oh, well, I mean, I can't get much worse than that guy. So I won't embarrass myself too much. And so it's like that. I kind of take that mentality of like, I'll embarrass myself so nobody else has to. Take one for the team. So I want to shift to Blue Walls and how this idea started, because Gavin kind of touched on it, but I want your perspective. And Yeah. So like I said, I was just when I started drumming, like I was just in my basement alone, just having fun with it. And I also skateboarded a lot as a kid. Like that was my main outlet. And so in Ohio, like right where we grew up in Sylvania, there was the recreation center that launched plans to build a skate park. I was like, Oh my God, no way. Like it's crazy. And I was friends with a lot of people that were on the committee building it. And so like, I was kind of along for that process and was like, I'm going to be there day one. I think I even like hopped the fence a few times and skated it before you were allowed. Like they were like, Oh, the cement's still drying. I'm like, no, it's not. It's dried. So we, I started skateboarding there and just going there any chance I could. And you know, the skateboard community is generally a very you know inviting community. And I met Gavin at the skate park. And so we started skateboarding together and through conversation, it was like, yeah, I like, you know, I'm going to go play drums at home. And he's like, Oh, I've been playing guitar for years. I'm like, no way. Like we should totally jam out. And so he ended up coming over and just bringing his guitar and his amp. And we started jamming. I remember one of the first songs too, that we played was sweet home Alabama. Cause he knew that riff. And I was just like, no way. Like, <laughs> 
and I could just like noodle over it because it's a super standard song. We just started jamming and then we both found our love for Green Day and started. I think it was just easy enough. It was super loud. And so we could just both if we both played. It's kind of like that SpongeBob thing that Squidward like, maybe if we play so loud, no one can tell that we stink. <laughs> and so we just Green Day was like super just angsty and loud and power chords and heavy drums and. And Trey Cool, the drummer for Green Day, also is one of those guys that has just he played some of the craziest stuff that even to this day I have trouble playing. We just started jamming and he went to St. John's, uh, one of the private schools in Ohio, and they had the talent show. So we were like, screw it. Like, what do we have to lose? No sticks. It's just like just being yeah. having fun. Yeah. It's a high school talent show. Like, realistically, who cares? And so we're like, screw it, let's sign up and just do what we do in the basement, but in front of a crowd of people. And we just basically played nothing but Green Day covers. And Lombo, we were actually, because it was just him and I, we went by Yahtzee Box at the time because the first, first, first time we jammed, I it was at his house and I didn't have my drums, but he had a pair of drumsticks for some reason. And he had a box of like the game Yahtzee and I was like I'll just play on this and we were just like yo let's call ourselves Yahtzee box like who cares it's a two-man band so we were going by Yahtzee box during the uh talent show and we won that not to boast too much but we won that by miles I mean we I saw videos saved on my Instagram archives of like just the crowd cheering Yahtzee box and that was one of the I was actually talking with my dad about this recently like that was one of those moments that like for him and I was like this is what whether we're going to do this for the rest of our lives like this is what we're meant to be doing right now and it was just the most euphoric memory I will have with me forever after we got off stage and we were walking around one of the other guy, two of the other guys from a band that played before us came up to us uh, Ian and Carson and they're like yo you guys were crazy like that was so fun like we should jam out sometime we're not huge fans of the band they were in at that point we're like yo let's come over like let's hang out and see what we can do and we all all four of us just started jamming out and that was just the beginning of Blue Walls. So from there then how do you go from working with a group and then by yourself what was that decision of I want to pursue this as a solo, like really get really serious out of a basement and now into like my own little recording area. And what was that thought process like? I mean, over the years of being with Blue Walls, I mean, we were like, I was just drumming with them and like we would write a lot. And I think sometimes while we were writing, obviously I can't be playing the drums all the time, like when they're trying to figure out vocal melodies and stuff. And so, like, I would just kind of sit there with a guitar in my lap. And, you know, if there was ever a time where I was, like, alone with Gavin, I would just be like, hey, I want to learn this song on guitar really bad. Like, would you teach me? And he, like, kind of helped me out, would, you know, show me different chords and how to play different stuff and strumming patterns and just stuff that he learned because he did take guitar lessons and been playing for years. So just kind of having fun with it, not really taking it too seriously over the course of being with Blue Walls, like teaching myself guitar. And then 
obviously wanting to sing like just because I play guitar wanted to play for whatever girlfriend I was with at that time and like write love songs and do all that cheesy stuff so that was just like over the years of being with blue walls I had been slowly teaching myself those things and obviously being in that environment of writing songs seeing their process from a guitarist perspective or bassist it's very different from drumming and so I think I kind of took all of that subconsciously and I think it was just around the time we were all like headed off to college. It was one of those things where I like, I kind of realized I was like, I want to do more than just drums. I don't want to just be the guy in the back, just wailing around. Like I want to learn to play songs. I want to be up front on the mic. Like I want to be playing guitar in front of those people. And uh, it just was a decision where I was like, you know what? So that's what happened was I ended up leaving the band. Cause I was like, I'm going to go to college for music production. Like I want to, I'm going to do this myself and figure it out. You know, my classroom was literally in the back of a recording studio and I was behind. Oh, it was Hawking College in like, yeah, in Hawking, Ohio, right by Ohio University. Over the two years I was there, just, uh, just took guitar seriously. That's when I started taking singing lessons. And honestly, though, a lot of the reason I give myself credit for being able to sing today there was a summer when I went back home between college that I was a delivery driver for Jimmy John's and I would just set my, the speakers didn't work, which was kind of a blessing in disguise because I would set my phone face up in the the console of the car and just play songs. And I could hear it just enough where I could sing and hear where I messed up because I could mostly hear my own voice. And so I would just be delivering subs left and right and just screaming in the car at intersections and singing as best as I could and working through those little weird, awkward squeaks and stuff that when I was learning to sing. And so between singing lessons and being a delivery driver, I just kind of, (laughs) yeah, and eating Jimmy John's, learning how to sing with the sub in my mouth. Look at you go, though. That's awesome that you like you're taking initiative and you're like, I want to learn more. Like, I think why a lot of artists are are successful is that there's a curiosity for their art, whatever they're doing. Like you're constantly trying to learn and educate yourself and get better. And like I'm you're just so I'm like fascinated with dance and the field of dance and how Mm -hmm. genres and things and just a constant curiosity for the process, which I think is really cool. Yeah, because there's no, especially with creative fields, there's no right way to do it. There's just a more commercial way and whatever else there is. And so I think that's just the fun of it is like, like you said, even with dance, there's there's not a right way to dance. I know that I 90% of the time dance very wrong, but I'm having fun with it. And that's all that matters. Like as long as you're having fun with it, that curiosity can take you so far because I think at some point, if you're serious about it, the curiosity kind of turns into almost like this. It's you, you start to challenge yourself and you're like, okay, I want to learn this and I want to learn it the right way, the, the proper way, knowing that like if someone professional saw me or heard me doing this, they would know like, Oh, they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that curiosity turns into passion. So let's talk about your uh, like music making songwriting process. Is it music first or lyrics first? Is it both? What's give me, give me your lowdown. 
90 percent of the time it's you it's always the music so like right now my setup i literally have a 2015 macbook a full-size keyboard an electronic drum set a bass guitar an electric guitar two acoustic guitars and like one microphone and i just sit at my laptop and experiment and just like if i have like a drum rhythm in my head i'll just kind of like put that down and like record it and then just play the keyboard over it which was one i actually did take piano lessons in college too so that helped a bit but yeah i just just kind of play melodies over put chords on the keyboard down and or play guitar over and just try and figure it out and any song that i've released or will release in the future always starts off where i record the instrumental and the whole song basically beginning to end i basically will write almost like the main hook like the chorus and find out those chords and then I'll just loop out, loop it out and just like, okay, like this is the structure of the song, like intro, verse, chorus, verse, bridge, chorus, ending. Or if there's a solo somewhere in there or a switch up, like there isn't time, like, and then I'll put different fills in and, you know, kind of put different stuff in there where I see fit and, oh, like a bridge would be really cool here. Or maybe like I'll change this one chord to kind of catch people off guard. And then once I have all that down, It'll kind of be those like, I those random ideas where I'll be just sitting, staring at the walls. I'll be like, how cool would it be to randomly have the song cut out and just record myself literally opening a cassette player? No, like, that's like putting my favorite it in. part of that song too. Yeah, I tell that's people like, if hard. you can listen to it with headphones, because I re- I recorded myself just literally clicking open a cassette, putting it in, playing it the song comes on Mm -hmm. and then I just click it again and stop it and then just bring the song back in. Cause I I had that really weird synth come in in the second half of time. And I was like, how am I going to transition into this? Like, how am I going to go from this like funky pop song to this Daft Punk S (laughs) breakdown? Like how, and then, so originally, actually, it was, I made it a uh, radio. So I just like pulled like radio fuzz, like yep. sounds from YouTube and just like put that over it and like put a high and low pass filter over the song and just like cut it out and did that to it. And then later down the road, once I actually realized that I could do more, I was like, yeah, and I got a cassette player. I was like, I'm going to make this really weird and like really catch people off guard and just like... Yeah, it was that was super fun to make. But yeah, so anyway, back to the original question. Like my songwriting process is generally just finish the instrumental, put all the layers down. And then once I have the entire song, I'll basically make sure throughout that I know now to like make room for the vocals. So like leave some space in the middle in the mix. You know, I usually double vocals to, you know, for the harmonies to kind of add some depth to them and then like i'll leave room for that and then i'll bounce the instrumental put it on my phone and just listen with headphones and or play it out of speakers and just kind of sit and write to it and say like okay what could work and like record voice memos of me playing the song and singing to my phone that way i don't forget them and and then basically just one day i'll like sit down on my laptop and just kind of do it and hope for the best it's just experimenting and trying what works. 
Yeah, there, like, there's no right way. So it's just what works exactly. for me. How would you describe your the style of your music? Or I guess um, the vibe. What words would you use? As a listener, a little bit nostalgic. It's really chill vibes. I get like Mac DeMarco, at least with time. I don't know, that, that kind of vibe a little bit. But I could listen to it while driving. Yeah, no, and that, honestly, I get that response a lot, which is interesting because it's never in it's never in my thought process yet. Everybody's like, Oh, it's just like such chill music. Like, you know, I was talking to my dad a while ago and he's like, I can put on my headphones and just listen to your music and walk the dog or <laughs> go work out. Or a lot of people, especially, which I never understood before coming to California. Everybody's like, man, this is such like West coast, like driving along the PCH and like driving along Malibu and like looking out of the ocean at sunset, like just driving music. I'm like, I guess I know what you're talking about. Like, I mean, it's pretty, it's a pretty easy thing to picture, but then you come out here and like when I started driving around here and yeah, it's very, it's very fitting. Uh, it's a very fitting description, but honestly, like, I don't know. It's, it's tough to describe my music because my whole thing too, when I was first like trying to figure out what kind of music I wanted to make, I took the mentality of like, okay, I need to find one thing that I'm really good at and just do that as best as I can. But then I realized I was like, there are so many different artists and types of music that I love that I couldn't, I just, I can't choose. I would, there was a week I made a song that sounded like Neil Young and then a song that sounded like Daft Punk when I was in college. I'm like, there's no way I can like choose. I love these both so much. I love, songs that are just a guy or not even just anyone in a guitar just sitting there and singing their heart out and then i also love daft punk where it's like these people just making the craziest things out of samples and just getting people to dance that literally say the same thing over and over again like i just want to create music that i mean obviously no one's ever heard before because no one's me and i'm not them and no one's made time before like I'm but I want to make music that really draws people in like if you're willing to you know I, but also at the same time some of my favorite songs are songs that I just can put in the background and not think I don't have to sit there and like put my headphones on and close my eyes and analyze every sound mm -hmm. I can just play it and feel good and have fun but it's also impossible for me to not geek over the little things and the production of everything that I want to make music for everybody. I want to make music that you can, like you said, just go driving and listen, open up the windows and watch the sunset and just let the wind go through your hair. But then I also want to make music for people who are super like just musicians who love production and, love to geek out about those things. Like if you listen to my music with your headphones, you're going to find something every single time that you didn't hear before and different things. Like, like you mentioned before the piano and time, like if you listen to that with headphones, like it goes back and forth. Like it's not just like right there. It like bounces from one side to the other and there's sounds that move. And that's kind of what I strive for is to like find that balance between like the just, technical side, but like appealing to just everyday listeners who may not know the technical side of making music. Exactly. And also lyrically, like that's a big thing for me is 
lyrically, I know exactly what each one of my songs is about. I know the situation that I was going through. I know the person or people or things that I'm describing and talking about in the situations that I am reliving through the lyrics. But that's just for me. No one else went through that. No one else knew where I was at or what I was doing. And so I want to write in a broad enough way that anyone can be able to listen to it and put themselves in whatever shoe fits them. I know that my favorite music has done that for me, that I've listened to it and whether I know them personally or not, or what they're singing about, I know that I can connect to it and put it into my own life and have it help me through those. And so that's what I want to do for other people is to give them something that they can listen to and feel like they're not alone and feel like they have something to share and to be a part of. I want to touch on before we do rapid fire, like the name coffee, because we talked about it before I recorded, but yeah. I, so C-A-W-F-E-E, where'd it come from? At first it was just a means to an end. Um, I was getting ready to release my first single behind my eyes and like the song was finished. It was mastered. It was done, blah, blah, blah. I didn't, I still didn't have a name. I, it was just like Eric Lewandowski is not that catchy. <laughs> like, I don't know. And coffee with a K was already taken. And I love coffee with all my heart, probably a bit too much. Uh, it's probably going to kill me one day, but you know, who knows? But I saw that a band Twin Peaks released a single called coffee spelt that way and i was like oh shit like that's pretty cool i was like i haven't seen that one before and i was like you know what i'll use that like it was just kind of a means to an end and now now there's just kind of something that just works like i hate saying it but it's the most accurate thing in the world of like don't talk to me until i've had my coffee like i am the I just, I'm not me. Like, it's like the Snickers ad. It's like, you aren't you when you're hungry. I am not me when I haven't had my coffee. Like, I won't talk to people. I'll put my sunglasses on and my hood up. And I just will, I hate every, <laughs> I hate everything. And then I, you get me a sip of coffee and I'm just like, hey guys. How do you like your fun? coffee? How do you like your coffee? Black. Just straight up? Okay. Oh yeah. Just black. I love Americanos. Um, I work at a burger joint now in LA that is right next to a coffee shop and we have a deal where they get free food from us and we get free coffee. You're which living is, your best life. <laughs> it's bad. And I think there's something that works with the two of like, you know, generally when you have coffee, it's like, like when you go to meet somebody new or you go on a first date or blah, blah, blah. It's like, you want to sit down and just have coffee or like, Hey guys, let's have a meeting. You generally meet at a coffee shop and there's like something very intimate about sitting down with a cup of coffee. And that's something that I strive for in my music. And that's why I really wanted, which with the music that I'm getting ready to release, I definitely play on that, which I'm excited for people to hear. I want people to listen to my music and feel as if they're making it with me or they're right there because it is just me making it. And so to capture that energy of like a full band in just one person is tough. And I think bringing other people into that in whatever way possible kind of helps guide that bringing other people into the mix and making them feel like they're a part of it helps fill that that gap of like just one guy making all this music and so i think the coffee name as much as it was a means to an end at first it it's fitting now like it just is what it is and 
yeah i'm proud of it i'm excited to hear new music coming out i'll be uh, i'll be weighing i'll be here yeah it's it's got got some uh yeah i've got some stuff i worked on that i didn't even know i had in me and i'm really excited for people to hear it so yeah it'll be fun all right, here are your rapid fire questions. Ready? Rapid. Gotcha. Oh, God. Go to karaoke song. Oh, God. Uh, either uh, Maroon 5's uh, Sunday Morning or Sign of the Times by Harry Styles. Depends on the mood. Depends on what I'm <laughs> drinking that night. I love Maroon 5. That's great. Biggest misconception about uh, California? The people. They're great. I mean, yeah, you're going to go around the world and find excuse my French, but you're going to find assholes anywhere. Like they're going to be, they're great people here. I've made the, I've met my best friends out here. I love it. So the people for sure. Favorite film or one that you could watch over and over again. Ferris Bueller's day off favorite. That's a tough one. That changes, but yeah, Ferris Bueller's day off is, I don't know why it's just a good one. (laughs) Uh, Favorite Toledo restaurant. Oh, Oh, um, blah. J and G's pizza, no, there's so many. Yeah, J and I'll just say J and G's. I love going there. So after, good. What do you get? Do you get, to, do you get pizza? Yeah, I love their pizza. It's good. Going to J and G's after the art festivals. First Friday. Are they still doing that? Mm-hmm. Every, every oh, first thank Friday. God. Yeah. Oh, first Friday every month. Going to the art walks, getting free like snacks at the art galleries, and then going to J and G's or the one that they just opened. Uh, inside the, the five. Uh, Yes. Oh my God. Inside the five is so good. Okay. So J and G's are inside the five. Love it. Um, who or what inspires you? Uh, this is going to sound very conceited. I'm going to pull a Kanye, but me, I, I, I surprise myself a lot. And I think there are times when I look back, I'm like, damn, I did that. I can do more. Like if I can do that at what I was going through then now, I can do a hell of a lot more. So I think I, I really push myself to, but also Tame Impala. He is my biggest inspiration. When I realized that it was one man, I was like, he's the I reason. Didn't know I didn't that. Yeah. It's all Kevin Parker. He makes everything himself. He writes, records, mixes, produces everything. Okay. That's awesome. That's why when I was like, he can do, he can make the music he makes alone. I can maybe not as good as he can, but I can try my best. And I was like, yeah, so he's the reason he was part of the reason why I left to go to college and make music myself. Yeah. Sorry. Not too rapid fire, no, but you're right. yeah, I love Kevin Parker. Anime, yay or nay? Depends. I don't know if you would, have you seen over the garden wall? Yeah. Would you consider that anime there? Okay. There is some anime that I have been recommended to watch and I haven't yet that like spirited away. Yeah, it's like definitely classic, iconic, like yeah, yeah, Miyazaki films. I would highly tell you to watch. That I still need to watch, and I'm sure I'm gonna love it. So I'll go. Yeah, yay. Okay, okay. I have nothing against it. All right. Last question: Instrument you wish you could play? Saxophone. That yeah. is my goal. I can play drums, guitar, bass, sing. Taught yeah, I taught myself piano, drums, guitar, all of it. My stepmom, I hope she hears this. She has a saxophone that my stepsister used to use that's collecting dust in the basement and no one's touching it. And I want to learn a saxophone. So, Tammy, if you're listening, I want a saxophone. <laughs> so, yeah, saxophone for sure. And there's Love saxophone it. on Doing Fine. That was the 
debut saxophone on coffee's music and that was on my keyboard but i was like man what if i was just on stage and like just whipped out a saxophone like the hair all like do it like an 80s perm and like just like (laughs) just pull out a saxophone and just like oh man like oh saxophone everything needs saxophone on it if it doesn't have it it needs it (laughs) well you can uh, check out eric's slash coffee's music on apple music and spotify and stay tuned for more awesome music and then you can follow him on instagram at coffee music so c-a-w-f-e-e music and then twitter coffee underscore music but yeah yeah, and I, what, I hate oh, yeah. selling my soul to, but you can also check out uh, TikTok. I've been forced to do that now, so I want to see those uh, dancers trying... on TikTok. You can you can do a little. Uh, you know what? That's probably as much as embarrassing as it'll be. That's probably a really good idea. So I'm gonna take that. Yeah. But yeah. No, thank you so much for having me. This was honestly right. so fun.